Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. That's a great night tonight. Uh, it's great, I think, to hear from our kids. It's great to see all the preparation that they've gone through. And most of all, uh, we get to do something great this time of year, which is gather together a lot and hear the gospel. Think about Christ. Think about our Savior. We remember those things in the, in the creeds that we speak, that we confess together, and the words that we, re that we, that we uh, read, and in the songs that we sing as well. And tonight's hymn is an old familiar one. You know, even if you've never been to church before, if you've seen a Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, you know Hark the Herald Angels Sing, or at least you've heard it before. For me, and probably for a lot of us too, uh, this is one of those hymns that I know really, really well. I, and I know it well enough that uh, singing it is almost like muscle memory. You know, it's easy to kind of go through the, the hymn and sing the words that are very, very familiar and not really think about them anymore. But one of the great things about doing what we're doing this Advent, looking closely at some of these hymns, is that you start to realize new things about them that you've never realized before. Uh, for me, when I look back over this hymn uh, in preparation for tonight, I'd never really thought about it before, but this hymn is really one big, long invitation for us. It starts in the middle of verse 1. Joyful all ye nations, rise, join the triumph of the skies. It's an invitation, and an invitation not just to something amazing, but an invitation to the most important thing that's ever happened. It's an invitation because it's a song version of the invitation that's extended to the shepherds in our reading from Luke chapter 2. And these invitations are important. They're important for us to look out there at. They're important for us to think about because the invitation says something about the one who invites. For example, do you remember picking out your wedding invitations? Um, I'd like to say I remember doing that, but I wasn't real involved in that part of the planning of the wedding ceremony. I'm sure I'm probably the only one like that. But if you remember doing that, or if you look up how to do that now, uh, places give you all kinds of advice, and trulyengaging.com, which is a, a wedding planning site, gives us 11 tips on picking out your wedding invitations. And here's a couple of them. The very first one was you have to know your vibe because you don't want to pick out the wrong invitations for your wedding. You know, they say you don't want seashells if your wedding is happening at a ski resort. Later, they say you have to really study up on the paper options, which sounds really exciting to me. Study up on the paper options so you can pick the right kind of paper that says something about who you are. And finally, and this one actually is really good advice, proofread, 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 because the message is important. Now, I'm not sure wedding invitations matter quite as much as they'd like us to believe, but one thing absolutely is true, and that's that the invitation says something about the one who's inviting. I don't believe God spent too much time weighing paper options when he was putting invitations together, but his invitation in Luke chapter 2 is really something to behold. It's something to think about. It's what Hark the Herald Angels Sing is reminding us of. It's deliberate what he does. And it says something about the one who's doing the inviting. It says something about Jesus. So if you remember back in our Luke reading, here's what happens. Let's take a look at what God chooses to do and what this hymn points our attention back to. 
The first thing that happens, remember, you've got the shepherds that are out in the field. And the first thing that happens is that Luke tells us the angel of the Lord appears before them. Now, that's no small thing anywhere in the Bible. In fact, all the way back to the first appearance of the angel of the Lord after the Garden of Eden, it's a big deal when the angel of the Lord shows up. But here, on top of that, the uh, scripture says, Luke 2 says, that the glory of the Lord shone around them. It's in the middle of the night, outside of this sleepy little town of Bethlehem. And so you've got the angel, you've got the glory of God uh, shining around them, which you don't hear very much elsewhere in Scripture. And then you get the message. And this is important because remember, in an invitation, the message is important. And the message, the way he starts the whole thing off is he says, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. And here's a kicker. He says to these shepherds, which shall be for all people, not just you, for all people. So the angel of the Lord is inviting them to something. He's inviting them to the changing of the world. He's inviting them to the beginning of this event that's going to make absolutely everything different. And that's not all, because ultimately after he's done the inviting, here's what happens. A multitude of heavenly hosts appeared, praising God and saying what our hymn says. Glory to God in the highest. These angels, these, these heralds of the good news, these announce, announcers of the gospel of Christ, these messengers, they sing the glory of God in the fields outside of Bethlehem on a dark Christmas Eve. It doesn't happen very much elsewhere in Scripture where you get a whole multitude, plethora is the Greek word, of angels who show up. So it's quite an invitation that we get in Luke chapter 2. And it says something about the one who invites. See, our hymn brings this out really well. Hark the herald angels sing. It tells us exactly who Jesus is. It's verse 2. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. That's an invitation too, by the way. Hail the incarnate deity. Come, hail the incarnate de deity who was pleased as man with man to dwell. And it closes, Jesus our Emmanuel. See, the inv invitation is extravagant in those fields outside Bethlehem because God invites us to see himself, to see the deity himself veiled in flesh, to see God himself incarnate, God who's pleased to come and to dwell with us, to become human to save humans. That's verse 3. Verse 3, remember? Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. See, these herald angels, they, we ask the question, what are they heralding, right? And the obvious answer is they're heralding the birth of Jesus, but it's more than that, because the birth of Jesus means the crucifixion, and it means the resurrection, and it means the ascension, and ultimately it means our resurrection too, at the end on the last day. These herald angels aren't just, they're not just heralding the birth of Jesus, they're heralding the death of death. They're heralding the death of sin. They're heralding the death of suffering. They're heralding the death of evil, the death of all the things that cause sickness and pain and suffering in this life. And so this invitation... This invitation from these heralds who herald the birth of Jesus. They also herald his sacrifice for sin. They also herald the cross. The greatest act of life. That he's born into our flesh to give us new birth in him. That's the gospel. That's what they come to announce. These are the first announcers of the gospel. 
There's something else about invitations like this one, too. Have you ever, uh, so this is kind of the other side of an invitation. Have you ever had one of those events that you thought you'd be invited to and the invitation never came? You know, like a wedding or a party or a gathering or something like that. If that's happened to, to you before, it kind of hurts a lot of times. I mean, sometimes maybe it's something you didn't really want to go to to begin with, and that doesn't maybe hurt quite as much. But still, it hurts a little bit because it's a humbling experience. You know, it's a humbling experience because what it says to you pretty often is, I maybe am not quite as important to this person as I thought I was. And that's the other thing that invitations do. They say something about the relationship between you and the inviter. But notice who this invitation in Luke 2 and in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, notice who it goes to. It's not the governor. It's not the king. It's not Caesar. It's shepherds. It wasn't the city people. It wasn't the people in the middle of Bethlehem. It was the farmers who got invited. Shepherding was one of humanity's earliest occupations. It was one of the first things that we did, and it was a really important one. The Bible talks a lot about shepherds. It uses them for all kinds of images, and I think that's because it was a job everybody was really familiar with. It's kind of the real basic job of the ancient world. It's probably not one people aspired to very much. It's probably not a job very many people wanted. That's an important point for us when we think about this invitation. That the first people to hear the gospel, the first people to be invited to see the newborn king, they're some of the least. They're some of the last. And that's who Jesus brings to himself. I'll tell you, that's good news for us. Because even though we're sinners, Jesus brings us to him too. And that's the whole point of the incarnation. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's the whole point of Jesus coming to earth to bring sinful people a savior. Remember the words of our song, born to give us second birth. This says something. It says something about God's relationship with humanity. It says something about God's relationship with you. It says something about how important you are to your creator. Here's the thing, though. God's invitation is different than anybody else's. You know, when you get invited to a wedding or whatever it is, it's, it's for you to choose. You know, you're kind of left with a choice, but God doesn't work that way. He doesn't just invite you and kind of leave the rest to you or anything like that. No, he brings you. He brings you to himself, and then he, he invites you further in. See, at your baptism, Jesus brought you into his family. And he invites you back to his house again and again and again every single week to hear his word. He invites you back to his table to receive the meal of forgiveness at the communion rail. Jesus doesn't just invite. He brings us in. And then he invites us deeper. He brings sinners to salvation. And then he invites us to do what, what the hymn says. Join the triumph of the skies. One more thing, last thing I think about this invitation is this. God continually invites us. He invites us over and over and over again through his church. And he uses all kinds of stuff to do that. You know, he uses sermons. He uses the people around us. He uses things like hymns. In fact, the hymn we just sang is a really great example of this. Hark the herald angels sing. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Those are, those are invitations. And the next verse, joyful, all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Those are invitations. They call us to do something. 
We sing those things together like we just sang them together right before the sermon. And when we sing those things together, of course, one thing we do is we glorify God with our music, with the songs we sing in church. It's a major, major reason we do music. But the words are important too. So when we sing these words, when you sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing in a church service like this, who are you singing to? You're singing invitations. Who are you inviting? It's not God. We're not inviting God to do these things. You know who you're inviting? You're inviting the people sitting next to you. You're inviting the people who can hear you sing these words. You're inviting the people on your right and on your left to dive deeper into the faith that God has already brought them into. God's using you when you sing these words to invite them once again to join the triumph of the skies. To come and see what happened in Bethlehem. To come and see the Savior of the world here in his church with, with his people, by the way, until he returns. You're inviting the people around you to behold the Prince of Peace, the Son of Righteousness, and his, his blessed forgiveness of sinners. You're inviting each other once again this Christmas to experience the light and the life that Jesus brings here in his church. Amen. And then with the peace of God that passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds, keeping them steadfast in Christ Jesus. Amen.